0: This is the Happy Hour. You
1: guys going to Happy Hour?
0: Live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America.
1: Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple.
0: Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert.
1: I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail.
0: And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for Chunk. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.
1: Good afternoon. Happy Friday, folks. This is the happy hour. We've made it to the end of the week, almost, wherever you are. If you're listening on the FM dial online on our app, if you don't have the app, you might as well just download it already because we're going we're gonna to have opportunities to win some awesome prizes here in the near future. And DP's talked about that as well. Thank you for joining me today. I am your host, Nick Sainert. Rico is out today. Unfortunately, he has some uh, birthday stuff going on this weekend, so he had to dip out a little bit early. So that's all right. I'll be hanging out with you guys for the hour. DP will, will join me towards the end of the show. We'll dive into some things as well. As always, 402 464 5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sauter Heyman Text Line. Both those are open for you all show long, as well as on the sartre Heyman Jewelers video stream, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Let me know what you're thinking, how you're spending your bye week. Um, we've made it through a week of talking about Husker football when it was not necessarily fun to talk about Husker football. And I, I like I'll I'll be the first to admit, and you guys kind of know this is is I'm still kind of new at, at and and learning at this whole doing a radio show every day thing and. And trying to figure out ways to keep the spirits up when um, it's it's tough because Nebraska football is three and five, and obviously that's the main driver here. And and you guys know that I'm a big baseball guy, and I love talking about baseball and everything else as well. But like I said, Husker football is the main driver, and it, and it kind of always will be. And so when you're uh, talking about a team that's three and five and and year four with a coach that. Hasn't really shown a ton of progress. It it gets tough to to continue talking about um, how how to stay positive with this team, and and I hope that you guys have have stuck through with us through the whole week. And then next week we get to look forward to Purdue, which this weekend in college football is not. And we're going to talk about this a little bit. It's not that great of a college football weekend. There's some cooler games like helmet games in terms of you know USC and Notre Dame, I suppose, and then even. Um, there's like Clemson Pittsburgh. That's an interesting one. And in that game, it's kind of funny. Pittsburgh's the ranked team. They're ranked 23rd in the country while Clemson is, is out, um, out of the top 25, I should say at four and two. And, and it's going to be interesting down the road here to see how things come out with, uh, with coach Sweeney out there in Clemson. Uh, I don't think he necessarily leaves, but, it's uh, getting interesting with uh, them. Not they're not doing as well as Clemson's used to performing, I should say. And so we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. That's probably the game I'm most interested about or interested in because you have a quarterback in DJ Uyunglele who coming into the season I thought he was going to be a Heisman contender, and I was wrong about that. Clemson's struggling to score the ball. I think they're they're only averaging around 20 points on offense all season, and that's not even going to get it done in the ACC. And Clemson's defense is not what it's usually. And so it's it's interesting to see how, how things kind of shift. So send in your thoughts, what you're doing this weekend. Any thoughts on this previous week on Nebraska football in general. We're going to talk about some hot seat stuff. I want to talk about some assistant coaches as well. We'll dive into that here towards the middle parts of the show. Um, but you can send in your thoughts about anything. As always, once again, 464-5685 here on a Friday, once again, before we get rolling here into the bulk of the show, remind you guys: stop by the Upside Bar and Lounge on 27th and Pine Lake for their official launch party. Um, you can it will, will be out there from five to seven for free food, free giveaways. That's all for you guys. You can have uh, an opportunity to win some jerseys and more Co- uh, Husker basketball players. Kobe Webster, C.J. Wilcher will be doing the truth. Um, Their own radio show out there at 6 o'clock, DP, will be on at 5 p.m. tomorrow night. And so, there's no better way to spend your bye week. You you usually do anyway when there's Husker football on, so spend it with us either way at the Upside Bar and Lounge. Um, There'll be appearances by some Husker athletes, Derek Walker, our good friend Michael Caton from the Husker women's basketball team, which is going to be a lot of fun to watch, Um it's it's going to be awesome, actually. Damian Daniels, D-Boogie. I don't know if you guys saw the video I posted on Twitter, on my Twitter yesterday, at Nick underscore Sainert. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that, but Damian Daniels, D-Boogie, put his hands on me and, and kind of showed me how it was like to go up against him on Saturdays. And he did not put his full effort into it. I, I am I am well aware of that. But he still kind of put the fear of God in me a little bit. I will say. And then he's sitting there holding me right underneath, my, right underneath my armpits. And he goes, one thing you need to realize, Nick, is one arm is always longer than, the, than both arms. And he just extends his right arm out and, and startled me a little bit more. So he'll be out there. Um, if you want to match up with him, I'm sure he'll, he'll give you the business. Um, but like I said, what else are you going to do during the Husker bye week than spend it with the guys from the ticket? All right, I want to get to this text really quick. It's from Jeremy, and if you don't listen to the High School Saturday Show um, every Saturday morning with myself talking about high school sports, which is going to happen tomorrow at 9 a.m., Jeremy is our Bellevue West guy. He he reports on the Thunderbirds out there. Last night, Davion Hall had a catch that I believe Andy Kendi of KETV out in Omaha had on his Twitter. (laughs) Hall had a catch that he went up with his right hand, and snug that pigskin out of the air. It, it was unbelievable. It, the The hand. I, I don't know what was on this gloves, If there was anything on the glove, it was fantastic. If you have not seen it, um, you, you need to go check that out on Twitter. Once again, that's Davon Hall from Bellevue West last night. All right. So a little bit of a rundown of how we're going to do things um, to to kind of start off a of Friday. I you you guys kind of know me. We'll we'll definitely dive into some volleyball and stuff, and throughout the course of a week, especially when Husker football is three and five. But next Wednesday, Husker basketball has their first exhibition. They get Peru State next Wednesday, and and you're saying, oh, Peru State, yeah, you know, I'm not expecting Nebraska to necessarily have a problem against them. But how can you not be excited for this team? And I want to dive into that a little bit more. Four six four five six eight five. Feel free to call in Honda Lincoln hotline. You can text in. You can comment on the stream. I'm controlling all of that as well. We're all good there. Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. But I, I want to know your guys's reaction. And I asked this question um, back before I even started having a daily show. I asked you guys the expectation for Nebraska basketball. And this is always the the kind of time of the year before any sport begins before any um, season begins that I kind of like to talk about expectations and then we'll reassess them you know a quarter of the way through the season we'll reassess them again three-fourths of the way through the season and then obviously at the end and we kind of talk about it all the time with Husker football and I feel like we're probably going to talk about it a little bit more or you know we'll talk about it for sure in terms of Husker basketball because there's a lot of excitement and for good reason surrounding Fred Hoiberg's squad this year part of that and if if you're in that boat part of that could be that there's a lot of transparency we're we're going to, we're able to hear what they're doing in the off season we're able to hear how they actually feel about their personnel and that's no slight to any other program so so please don't don't take that you know don't take that out of what I just said but they're sharing what they're doing and that that shows that they are proud of of the stuff going on inside and behind closed doors I guess and it shows that they're they're confident in what they're teaching their guys. Now, part of that helps out with Bryce McGowan's being on the team and a high five or a five star coming in the first one in program history. But there's also guys be- beneath him, or you know, behind him, I should say. Wilhelm Goggles and and Kese Tominaga, and you, you can even throw in Ole Koyanets if you want to into that into that category. Q McPherson. Now, they have to replace some guys. Teddy Allen, which, you what, put your personal thoughts on Teddy Allen and how he played and, and the way his style of play from last year. He was a scorer. He balled out. And last year, he was kind of the guy that Nebraska had to rely on towards the end, especially when Derek Walker was suspended for the first part of the season, last season. You return Trey McGowans. And so... Along with the expectations, and we're getting, we're getting quite a few on the text line, so we'll, we'll dive into those here shortly, but along with the expectations, what's your guys' starting five for Nebraska basketball? I know other shows have talked about it. I haven't been able to talk about it quite yet, but let's, let's dive a little bit deeper. What if I told you Nebraska basketball starting five, Bryce McGowans, Trey McGowans, Alonzo Verge Jr., Wilhelm, and Derek Walker? Now that's 3 newcomers in the starting lineup. So, go with a non new non newcomer heavy lineup. Bryce Trey, Latmayan, CJ Wilcher, Tominaga, Naga, Oleg. I mean, th- there's a lot of guys once again like Kobe Webster is is a returning. He was that guy coming off the bench that I I can still see it now against you know Northwestern and and other teams. He he would drive down to the baseline, pull up, and and drain a drain a mid range shot. However, and you're you're going to see that this year. But now there's a lot more guys that can do that. There's a lot there's a lot better shooters than they had last season. And they talked a couple of them talked earlier this week on the text line. They say towards the end Teddy was let go. Yeah, I I understand that. Um, it's it's still exciting. And and despite however that's what I'm saying. Put your personal beliefs with Teddy aside. Um, at the end of the at the end of the day, he was Nebraska's best scorer last season, especially at the beginning. We get in a couple lineups in. Ross says: Alonzo Verge, Derek Walker, Bryce McGowan's, Trey McGowan's, and Lat. Yeah, let's do it. Verge, Casey, Bryce, Wilhelm, Eduardo, Andre. Yeah, I, I think one of those guys, and we're going to talk about Eduardo and, um. We're going to talk about Eduardo and Derek Walker here because Wilhelm Breidenbach actually talked to the media earlier this week. And I I don't, I want to, we haven't been able to play them on our show and I haven't been able to comment on them. So I want to dive into those a little bit. So let's go ahead and start right there. So Wilhelm talked on, uh, on earlier this week about just how he's transforming his body. Ross says this, I think we're going to see many different starting lineups. Yeah, I I agree with you there. Um, I mean, Fred, Fred hasn't been shy about that either. And, and they're going to find one that they really feel comfortable putting out there um, consistently. And that, that also shows competitiveness, right? If your team is... If, if your guys in that locker room are pushing each other every single practice, even you know a couple times a week, to swap out starting positions, that's where I feel like we, we talk about that with the football program and, and guys not taking the job. I feel like it's different... With the basketball and you can correct me if I'm wrong if you don't feel that way, that's totally fine because I understand they've had lack of success and everything but i I think it's fair to or it's okay to somewhat compare the the husker basketball team to the football program as well and, and say you know look at the running back room and and Ramir Johnson has taken that role in for for Husker football, but in years past it's always been nobody's taken their starting job. it's always been all right, well, you're the next guy up, so here you go. Where in Husker basketball, and it sounds like, and the, the maybe the reason I feel this way is because Fred, the, the confidence coming out of Fred Hoiberg's voice on a weekly basis when when you get to talk to him or at least listen to him, there's a lot of excitement there for for the guys. And I'm not saying that in years past there hasn't been, but you're able to look up and down this roster and say... Alright, this is where, this is a, there's a certain situation where this guy could play, or, or there's, situ, there's multiple situations where Wilhelm could play, for example. He could be a 5 in a smaller lineup, or he could stretch the floor with a 4, and, and that gives you excitement. And rightfully so. Because Nebraska necessarily hasn't had that, especially when we're talking about basketball. Right? Nebraska hasn't had a guy like Derek Walker down low where he's been a con- somewhat consistent guy that's that's a- actually able to handle the the physicality of the Big Ten Conference. If, if you think back to the 2014 team, and, and when I was going through and, and preparing for today's show, I was kind of thinking about the 2014 team because that was the last NCAA tournament team, and we're, we're getting these on the text line about the expectations about NIT and about the NIT and and NCAA tournament berths and, and everything like that. And, that, that, yeah, NCAA tournament berth was, I don't know if it's out of the question, but I think first for me is get a, get a day off in the Big Ten tournament. Don't force yourself or don't have to play on day one of the Big Ten tournament. Because in recent years, they've had to play. And then you're standing there and saying, well, these are these, there's a couple winnable games right out of the gate here if it's Penn State and then it's Rutgers or something like that. But it's just the physicality and the, the brutality of the Big Ten Conference when you're talking about men's basketball is is just second to none. And it's hard to to have to play three, four days in a row against the top conference in basketball, even though they didn't really perform that well last March Madness. But it's still tough to tough to have to come out of four straight days of playing Big Ten basketball and put a quality product on there, on the floor. All right, let's get to some of these bites from Wilhelm Bradenbach Breidenbach, excuse me. Um, he was asked about and we've talked about this a little bit. Uh when you're if you don't pay attention to Husker basketball or you pay any attention to Husker basketball, you know that the last couple of years have have included guys leaving before they can get substantial amount of experience at this level. Cam Mack comes to mind. We talked about Teddy Allen already. I, I mentioned that Derek Walker is is now a guy. Even Eduardo Andre, even though Eduardo needed to change his body and, and just get some experience under his belt at the at the Big Ten level last season. But Derek Walker is now a guy that's, you know, he, he's, he spent time at Tennessee, he spent time now here at Nebraska a couple years, had some playing time, played big minutes down the road last season. Those are now guys that Nebraska, in terms of experience and knowledge, they haven't had. and And quality players. Let's throw that one in there. Extremely talented players being able to teach younger guys the ropes of the Big Ten Conference. I think i don't I don't want to overlook that thing either that part that these guys have the experience, especially Derek Walker. eduardo andre' is expecting to have a have a busy season I think, and so Wilhelm was actually asked about the impact that that Derek Walker and even Eduardo Andre, who's a little younger than Derek has had on him so far since he's been in lincoln
2: yeah i mean he's he's definitely has a lot of knowledge him and eduardo obviously having been here for a, a, a lot longer than I have They they have a lot of a lot of knowledge so I've, I I just listen to them about whatever they they have to say and they've definitely given me a lot of a lot of advice so far so
1: that's Wilhelm Breidenbach
2: on Derek Walker
1: and and Eduardo Andre even and we get this off the text line Derek Walker's a little undersized for a Big Ten center yeah he, he's no Kofi Coburn but I still I still trust Derek Walker down low quite a bit actually and and one big storyline over the season when looking specifically at, at Wilhelm is that he grew a couple more interests. He even talked about it here on, on one of our shows here on the ticket when he was in here. Um Wilhelm, like I said, is that guy that if they want to play play him down low in a smaller lineup, he believes not 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 necessarily that we we're gonna jump to conclusions and say that he's going to be an all big ten, you know, post guy or anything like that. Cause that's that'd be facetious to expect of him in, in year one but he believes that he'll actually be able to handle that physicality, and that's one of those things that Fred Hoiberg and his guys are going to have to learn and, and experiment with, and that's, why, that's where they're going to be able to try out against Peru State. And yes, Peru State's no Ohio State. However, they're still going to be able to see how he's able to handle and how he's able to move down low, um, being one of those guys that can stretch the floor and shoot from the perimeter and, and stuff like that. There's, there's opportunities there for um, Wilhelm. And he kind of talked about that. It's he talked about how he's adjusted in his body, not only to the Big
2: Ten and to the college game, but just overall how he's adjusted. Yeah, I mean, I've put on. I, I don't really know how much weight I've, I've put on, but I'm up to about like 227 pounds. About so I've I, I've put on a good amount of weight. I'm, I feel a lot more powerful um, as far as just all around conditioning, my wind and things like that have all gotten a lot better. Here's another one from from Wilhelm about how he's translated to the the college game? Uh, I think it's been obviously there's it's it's a little different as far as the change of pace it's a more up-tempo game but I've adjusted to that well kind of battling guys bigger and stronger than me uh, being able to adjust to that also another thing uh, getting off my shot quicker just kind of ma- making a decision getting my shot off quicker before someone everybody's a lot longer so. You have to remember Wilhelm
1: comes from from Matter Day High School in California. I was looking up their stats earlier today. It's a team that went twenty seven and four. They had to play um, some quality teams out in California, J. Sarah, St. John Bosco. However, like like he just said, there's things he needs to learn um, in terms of adjusting to the college game and, and things like that. Getting off your shot quicker, especially if you're going to play um, in in the Big Ten Conference. Also, Fred Hoiberg talked this week. And I, I just want to mention and tie this back before we take our first break. And, and we'll get to your texts on the other side. We'll get to all of them, actually, uh, since Rico's out today. We'll, we'll dive into all of them here in a second. But this is the most, I truly believe, looking on, on paper, and I understand people are going to say, Nick, the season hasn't even started. You're crazy. Haven't seen him play. All this stuff. But I have, I have no problem saying that this might be the most talented team that, that Fred Hoiberg's had, number one. And number two, that Nebraska basketball has had in, in quite some time. Now, the looking at, at end-of-season finishes, twenty fourteen, um, the 2013-2014 team, I think, with, with Walter Pitchford and, and Taran Petaway, Shavon Shields, Ty Webster, and then a guy named David Rivers, who was not very reliable on offense necessarily, but his defense made up for it in, in some, some regard. But this is the quote that really stood out to me from Fred Hoiberg. And this is something that Nebraska basketball hasn't been able to say with confidence in quite a few years. Once again, because it's that experience. Because Nebraska, and I'm not saying that this is necessarily a bad thing. Because when you're talking about, you know, building a program like Fred Hoiberg had to do when he came here. You need to rely on those transfers, you 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 have to. You have to you have to dip into the portal, which this staff has done extremely well. Matt Abdomasi, give a ton of credit to him, give a ton of credit to Luca and Buzzy and, and Armand Gates and obviously Fred Hoiberg. But they had to dip in the portal, and now they're talking about having accountability within their team. We talk about it with the football program as well, but now there's there's a fewer guys in this room and there's a lot of guys returning. A lot of starting guys that saw substantial minutes last season returning, that can only pass their knowledge down to the new guys, and and here's the one quote out of out of Fred Hoiberg's press conference earlier this week that really stuck out to me, and it was very encouraging with their season starting up next week.
0: Yeah, yeah, I knew I knew the guys got together before they went home, and and sounds like that was very productive when they got in that room and talked, and there's been several of those since that point. Where you know coaches will be in there we 'll be talking about things that we need to grow from and things that we need to learn, and, and then the players will sit in there and talk about it and that 's where you have growth is when you can sit there and have an honest conversation with a teammate that 's sitting across a locker room from you and have constructive criticism where you 're not taking it personal that 's where you have growth when you have that accountability within your team uh, we 've been really good at times and we 've also been very poor at times where we have taken it personal and um, you know, you have to avoid those situations and continue to try to put them in adverse situations. That's going to be the true test is how are we going to be able to fight through adversity because those five-minute stretches where things aren't going your way, if you don't continue to battle through it, you're going to dig yourself a huge hole. Uh, we've been, like I said, good at times uh, handling the adversity and at times we've, we've, uh, we've struggled with it. Uh, but, again, we've got a couple weeks, we've got a couple games to hopefully learn a lot about ourselves heading into the opener on the ninth.
1: So that is Fred Hoiberg talking about how growth happens when you have accountability within the program from the players. Not necessarily even the coaches holding the players accountable, but it's players holding other players accountable and not getting your feelings hurt when there's constructive criticism, as long as it's kept constructively, right? And so that's something that Nebraska basketball specifically has been able to say to an extent, but not not anywhere close to this season. And that's where it's extremely encouraging if you're a Nebraska ball fan. And part of that also helps. Part of the excitement, let's not sugarcoat it. Part of the excitement for Nebraska basketball is because the Nebraska football program is three and five. And that's okay. But I'm sure Fred Hoiberg would tell you, hey, we're going to be a lot better this year and we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. We're going to build this program the right way. And how can you not cheer for a guy and a team like that? You have to. You have to. And so they open up their season or their exhibition season next Wednesday, November or excuse me, um, against Peru State next Wednesday on the twenty seventh. I was I almost said the ninth, but that's their that's their opener in November against Western Illinois. Kobe Webster's former team. Fun fact there. Um, he's excited for that one. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about some hot seat talk. Uh, just because on our show on the Happy Hour we haven't talked about it quite yet, but. I want to talk about the hot seat talk for the entire staff, not just the head coach, not just Scott Frost. And so we'll do all that next here on the Happy Hour.
0: Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.